Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Comics Pals Reviews. Of course, I am your host, Sean, joined this week by Pete. Yo. And Marco. Hello. We're here to talk about three new number ones, three of the biggest releases in comics this week. Today, we are talking Venom number one. Whoa. That's a sick cover. That cover is crazy. Who is that? You know what? I don't even know, to be honest. Uh, I wish they had the name of the art. Well, they, there is a signature, but I can't I can't read it. Oh, I heard uh, that. Very... Is that the Eminem cover? Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Thing number one. The Hell Thing yeah. number one. Yeah. Great cover. And then we've also got Robin and Batman number one. You're also nice. a great cover. All, great covers this week. Great covers all around. Also, Marco, I do have to say this cover or this comic book right here, Venom number one, there's an effect that you and you, Pete, for that matter, don't experience. I'm going to tell you what it is. It smells amazing. (laughs) That issue specifically? Yes. This comic book right here smells amazing, and you will never know that. Does it have a scratch and sniff? I wish it did. I Man. just opened it up and I was like, wow, this issue smells fantastic. I can't wait to read it. There's a like, mystery there. I need to know the answer to right of like <laughs> the supply chain got rerouted and Venom was on, on a, a, ba- a bakery truck, you know? <laughs> yep. With was, or, or perfume or something, man. I got to tell you, it's just fantastic. It was the Cheetos from the person who previously picked it up, flipped through it and went, mm, I don't know about this. one." <laughs> okay. First of all, Cheetos, I would know the smell of, and I'm not a fan of <laughs> not not particularly. So no, and also I'd feel that right. It'd be disgusting. Uh, if you were wondering where our reviews are for Image Comics, those are out now. Those go up every single Wednesday, so go check that out. If you leave a comment in the comment section of this video or audio, wherever you're listening to us, we will answer all comments on our main show, The Comics Pals which drops every single Monday. We talk about the characters and the creators that you love in all the different places you can find them and all the news that's going on with them. So we're going to start today with Venom number one, uh, an interesting new chapter for Venom. Uh, Rom V and Al Ewing are the writers on this run uh, with Brian Hitch doing the pencils, Andrew Curry doing the inks. And Alex Sinclair doing the uh, colors with Clayton Cowles doing the letters. So already a tremendous creative team. Venom has been on a roll. Donnie Cates' run was stellar. Ended with the successful King and Black event. Now, you know, the baton has been passed to two creators. So I guess my first question is, how do you feel about where Venom and, you know, Dylan, his son, are kind of like... Um, dropped here for this new run. Uh, how do you feel about this sort of status quo that we're seeing unfold? Um, I remember we did uh, like the first issue of the King in Black. Um, I'd followed at least one or two other issues of Venom specifically after that because I, I was interested in the character and I think we did a separate Venom review also. Yeah. And um, the I think where he's dropped at least post event, it feels pretty clean. Like things resolved well. I wasn't, you know, oh, what happened in this event and what are the ramifications? I think everything is pretty, has been laid out pretty cleanly. 
and where we find Dylan is similar to where he kind of was starting to feel at um, towards the end of the event and um, during that one issue that we had read and I'm forgetting what number that was, but I think I think it's done well to set up um, what happens in, in this issue and sort of the status quo moving forward, which I thought was pretty interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, this was fun. I For for what we've been reading for the reviews, um, Donnie Cates did a pretty good job. And I think Ewing and uh, Rom here are continuing, or mostly Rom, I guess, on, on scripting is continuing that, um, that sort of flow and narrative. And um, I, I'm having fun. How about you, Pete? <clears throat> yeah, as somebody who only has kind of the cursory knowledge of that stuff that you know that Marco brought up of the stuff that we had reviewed, um, I definitely feel like this issue was a really strong jumping on point. I think for readers who are maybe like me, who you know know Venom, have history with Venom, you know maybe even have nostalgia for Venom in some ways, but like I feel kind of removed from. Venom's status as like a cosmic being and not that it doesn't make sense but it's just far away from you know what I think I um associate the character with you know and like what about him I connect with um and not to say that you know that stuff isn't isn't good or, or isn't valid or anything but I think this book kind of being um like when you get to that second or third page and it's like oh it's Dylan that was yeah. an immediate moment for me where I, I turned on and I was like, oh, I'm a way more interested in this. I'm way more interested in the idea of, you know, Eddie's son, you know, who ha is kind of like struggling with anger and, you know, seems like he's kind of a bit of a screw up and is like kind of, you know, like wayward right now. Right. Like he's his dad is gone and not really there for him and he's struggling and like seeing what he'll do with you know this power that's been thrust upon him um feels novel and feels like a, a unique way for for like you know the quote-unquote venom character to go um and i think it speaks to uh something that Rom V is really good at, right? Like when in the swamp thing of like taking an established mantle and then like passing it to a new character and kind of uh not necessarily reinventing it, but like changing what it could mean, right? And like showing different ways that you can take those same pieces and kind of restructure them and play a new game, you know? Um so I think because of all that it went from being a book that um at the jump, I was like a little bit like, what is this going to look like? You know, and like I'm, I'm, you know, the obviously Rom being on the book was something that like had my attention. But that as a swerve was something that really, really got me. It's worth pointing out, by the way, what I'm seeing is that um, Al Ewing is handling the Eddie Brock parts, the King and Black parts of his life. And then Rom V is handling the Dylan parts. Okay. Going forward. Right. Cool. Um, so that it's funny that you mentioned that Rom, what Rom's skill has been in right. with Swamp Thing because he's he's literally the writer tasked with that here. Um, I thought this was, you know, I thought this was great. It was a great follow-up to King and Black. It it feels like it picks up probably like a, a few weeks after. Yeah. Um, just with where everybody's at. 
Um, and I was really worried about the, the, the Venom and Space stuff maybe being a little lame. I haven't really loved that turn for the character in the last decade, but I thought it was handled pretty well, like a, a, a kind of interesting mystery. You know, we don't really know where that's going to go. It's it, 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 exp- or it expands on Venom's new powers. Um, I guess Eddie's new powers. And now that he's the king in black, I'm more comfortable with him having these kind of powers. He's not Venom, you know? He's he's Eddie Brock, king in black. Yeah, and I feel like in the in the same way that, you know, we've said that, like, that turn doesn't not make sense for the character, I feel like it for, like, Venom, quote-unquote, is right. something that I've kind of struggled with always a little bit, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, it feels like a smart way to like have your cake and eat it too and like get to reinvent Venom a little bit, but not sacrifice all the legwork that's been done with the character for the last decade, like you said. Yeah, just, just a great first issue. And and then, you know, from an art perspective, um, I also thought it was really good. A lot of people are down on Brian Hitch and you know, have negative things to say about him. Um, but I, every time Brian Hitch is on a book, and I think I say it every time where, you know, we review a book that he's on, like, I get up for this. I, I love his work. Um, he's a classic Spider-Man artist, you know, and and we know his, we know his Venom. We've seen his Venom. Um, I, I I thought it was great. I, I also really enjoyed it. Um, whenever you bring up that fact, I'm always like kind of surprised by that. I'm like, yeah, right. That is a thing. Yes, yeah, I feel like he's good. Like you know, like I don't get the yeah. controversy. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand what is wrong with his art. I think it's all super solid. It oh, dude, <laughs> your frog voice, oh. Marco. <laughs> I'm leaving it in this time because it's funny. <laughs> Give me a second. Yeah, I'll pause here while Hilarious. he fixes it, but I'm leaving that part in. <laughs> is this better? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. that's what it should sound like. Um, what did they even say? I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't get the hate on his art. He's he does a really good job. It's all super clean. Everything gets communicated really well. Like he doesn't do anything fancy, but I think what we get is very understandable. Like there are the instances where um, uh, Dylan gets into that that fight, right? And you kind of like it. It doesn't say that he got in trouble because of the fight he communicates it to you. He's in the principal's office and they cut to the next scene where they're throwing punches and you know, he's talking about it. He's like, where's your father been? And you know, we've really done some damage. And the next scene is they're tussling on the ground. And all that was done really well uh, to communicate you know, his anger, the, the events happening, and then the fact that he's upset about his dad not being there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Hitch is one of those old school artists i guess you could say who has like a very kind of clean focused style that doesn't really do anything too too wild um but it's you know it's 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 great um and and i also think that the colors are are great um he's Mm -hmm. colored really well here too yeah and it's like i don't know like I think it is fair to say that, like, maybe he doesn't do anything that's, like, groundbreaking, but, like, I feel like there's still, like, a lot of really, really good work. Like, the yeah. the page, um, I guess it's page 32, uh, 31, maybe. Um, it's the, uh, 
the the shot of Venom and it says, so I break the only rule that's left. And it's like the full pager, you know, and like there's really like some strong work there. And, you know, like the way that he uh, taps into, you know, that way that Venom moves and kind of like that wide stance that he's often taking. Like, I don't know, yeah. like it's 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 still really, really strong stuff, even if it's not, you know, the flashiest or most groundbreaking stuff, you know. And at a time it was, you know, think yeah. about who who influenced more artists with their style than Brian Hitch on, on you know, Ultimates, right? Um, just just a hugely influential artist. This was great. I can't wait to see what Rom and Al have in store for these two characters. I didn't realize that the story would be sort of split in that way that actually yeah. makes me more excited for the future of this book. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, for an issue one coming out the gate, I thought this was, it did everything it needed to do. It gave us what the emotional hook is. It showed us what's going to be fun about this. It gave us everything we need to know to make a determination about whether we want to follow this book. And, and I do. Yeah. I'd say pull it. Yeah, yeah, definitely pull it. Yep. Same. Uh, You know, this next upcoming book is one that I almost didn't even want to pull this week. Uh, The Thing by Walter Mosley, Tom Riley, Jordi Belair. Uh, Jordi Belair, another one that I feel is just strapped into a a warehouse or a basement somewhere. (laughs) Just just constantly doing colors. Uh, Joe Sabino is here as well on Letters. Um, You know what, though? I'm glad I did pull this. This was phenomenal. This was a great comic book. This was uh, my pick of the week. My pick of the week, too. No surprise. Super strong. Man, the art style was just like, oh, so clean. This super, you know, cartoony, very classic Golden Age-esque art style. It kind of reminded me of like a a Darwin Cook, but just like a mixing in like a bit of like a Greg Smallwood with some of the the inks and stuff. Mm. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. And the, the pacing of uh the story like i've not i don't think i've ever read a straight on just like the thing book and i was having fun (laughs) yeah 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 i i mean i i thought that artistically this book just had so much style i'm really really a sucker for um books that can tap into that kind of classic style without feeling like um Because this doesn't look like what comics looked like back then, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like a period piece, but in comic form, in a weird way, you know? It's such a love letter to that golden age, you know, vibe. And that's something that I really, really dig. I love when a modern team can execute on that and do it well because, you know, I love the aesthetic of that era as much as like I think some of those comics are not always as fun to read you know um as they are to look at uh and and I I think that's like what's fun about this right is it taps into that energy but the script is very like it's a character piece right like it's a very very emotionally driven character piece and you know um Ben is such a a perfect character for that because he's such a tragic figure you know like we talked a lot about that before right just that you know that struggle that is so core to his character of like him you know 
being a member of the Fantastic Four and getting to be one of the world's greatest heroes and have this family with the with the four and everything, but that like the trade off for that is you know like the world sees him as a monster, right? Even if he's a hero, um, and you know seeing him kind of struggle with that and struggle with you know like everyone else, um, you know having these other responsibilities and these other lives and these other opportunities that he doesn't maybe have the same, you know, options for was something that like, it just, it, it resonated with me. You know, it was like, it's a kind of a small, quiet issue, but Mm -hmm. I really, really appreciated its pace. I got, um, Daniel Warren Johnson, like, uh, whatchamacallit vibes, like Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, where it's it's a very much that character piece like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's solely focused on him, how he's feeling, the relationships that he has, and I. It, it immediately reminded me of like, oh man, I wonder if this is gonna be like a thing that Marvel does. They kind of just throw out these, you know, every random characters and here just take sort of creative control with this team or or a single artist and just kind of like run with it. Because I, I, if if this is what they're continuing to do, I'm gonna be picking up these one-offs. It's funny because I, I, and I wish Tyler was here for this. Like, first of all, I know he probably is somewhere saying this is his pick of the week. Yeah, just absolutely. to someone on the streets, like, um, <laughs> just hey, shaking was somebody. My, yeah, <laughs> you see this comic? This was my pick of the week. <laughs> um, you know. This feels like it could have come out in 2006, 2007, 2066. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like this is a timeless this is a timeless comic book. Mm. Um it strikes me at just at that time cuz I feel like they were giving a lot of chances to characters like the thing. Um but this was the the art style was timeless but also, you know, Walter Mosley I I'm, I don't think i've read anything by them before I, the name does not strike me. But i don't think i've ever heard his name before yeah. yeah but you know in a similar way to how daniel warren johnson you know really nailed beta ray bill like yeah he nailed beta ray bill but do we really know who beta ray bill is he kind of def- was able to def- put his stamp on beta ray bill the thing is a character who has a rich history. He's a yes. character we really know a lot about. There's a lot that's been said about him. And it's hard to take a character and put your stamp on them when so many have come before and done that. And I feel like this issue is is him on on that on that road. That's what's interesting too, right? Is cause like everything that really works about this this issue and like this story, um, it's not new. Right. Like the, the not not one thing that's said here about the thing is the first time the thing's been portrayed this way. Um but it, it's it's just got that special sauce, right? Like it, it feels fresh. And I think part of that is that, you know, it's a tight script, but also like the, just the art is so I know we already said, but it's so good. And yeah. like the colors are really strong. Yep. You know, like Pretty that color. whole segment where he's in the dream and it's like all bathed in red it looks like you're like looking through half of a set of 3d glasses all the shots where he's in his apartment and it's in these like dark blues you know then like the nightclub has that like warm smoky noir kind of palette like like jesus christ i mean i you know i it's it's really really impressive work it's funny because um when i saw that 
I'm, I'm, when I saw that we got this, I was like, the reading this, I'm like, all right, the thing, I guess, well, I'll see how it is. And then I saw Jodie Biller was on it. I'm like, oh, word. Okay. I'm probably going to like this. Like she does projects that I like. Um, yep. I, I also, I did a quick Google of Walter Mosley. Um, apparently this is, so on Comixology, he, this is his first and only credit on a comic. Um, what? So Googling him, he's actually a novelist. Okay. Uh, known yeah. for the for the Easy Rollins mysteries, um, that has almost upwards of 10, 10 individual mystery novels. Cool. Wow. I think he's, I think he's black too. He is. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Hey man, I mean, he's doing good stuff. Sixty nine years old, and you write your first comic. Never give up. He's sixty nine <laughs> years old. My man is sixty nine years old. Holy shit! Yep, that's crazy. That's rookie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the uh, that that Marvel initiative from like all the up and coming <laughs> Stormbreakers? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I, mean, I gotta tell you, uh, this is this is one of the best comics of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. This is no, my I pick agree. of the week. I, I think this is one of the best comics of of twenty twenty. Whenever we do our twenty twenty one list, you know, best books. This has to be at least in consideration. I can't see how it's not. My literal only minor gripe, and it's such a irrelevant nitpick, but I just thought it was funny and annoying how quickly Alicia was willing to like leave the thing, like end the relationship. <laughs> like, I so I was getting the vibe that they were like had been going through things because that's why she was hanging out with this other dude and he had all those love letters on the table. Wait, well, um, what what do you have love letters? Um. The, the so, guy that Alicia's like her work buddy or whatever the heck. Yeah, but then he got a bunch of letters from um from like the mailman for a second, and like I, I assumed those were all because they have like the heart on them. They're all like letters oh, from her, and like they haven't okay. been talking and seeing each other and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I kind of got the impression that they were on the rocks anyway, but but I also thought that was funny. <laughs> Sean, I was yeah, like, was. I was like, damn, all right, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one mistake. It's like, because it's like, it'd be one thing if they were like dating, you know, and it's like, oh, my girlfriend, right? But it's like, yo, you're engaged, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my man had a bad day. Like the thing just had a really bad day. Even like we haven't discussed the actual plot because the plot is like, if you think about what a thing story would be, it's that it's he's. <laughs> you know down on his luck he's got nobody in his life he's looking for friendship and love and he's a great guy and somebody's messing with you know citizens and he's gonna have to deal with that somehow that's the story like it doesn't matter it's what it's what happens within the the margins of that that make this such a, a great comic book and um one that i think you should absolutely pull can't sing the praises enough yeah yeah absolute must buy you know what else I think is a must buy? What's that? A PS5. Walmart has restocked. And, uh, <laughs> this episode brought to you by Walmart. <laughs> and Sony. Uh, no, Robin and Batman. I also thought this was great. Um, mm -hmm. Just what a great week for comics. Um, this flowed, I thought, excellently. 
the the way it kind of uses the nightmare and dream and fantasy motif at the beginning throughout at the end i thought carried it really well and um the man dustin win like amazing like it captures everything the emotions the action in this really watercolor style that uh can do no wrong mm-hmm. and then to team up with jeff lemire you know they, they've been doing they did the um descender and ascender stuff which has been phenomenal. This is a, a team that's already really strong, and now they get a bat at Batman uh, in a really nice, compelling story about it. Speaking of the creative team, uh, it's Jeff Lemire, uh, art and colors by Dustin Wen, and letters by Steve Wands. This is a one of three, so not going to be here for a long time, but uh, from what I can see, definitely a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I for the fact that it was... Uh, one of three I was glad that it was a, a slightly longer issue yeah like I thought that 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 really helped the pace of it because I think similarly to the to uh thing while this is clearly setting up like a, a broader story like it also works really well just as a one issue and it, it, and similarly it's just a good character study with fucking killer art right like if this was just the whole story and it was just like a, a thing about you know um Robin right and then how he feels in the shadow of batman at this point in his career it's like yeah like you'd be you'd be down with that you know as a mm-hmm. one shot but yeah. um the fact that it is clearly setting up like a, a richer um emotional story about dick is i think like really really good it, it, it's it, there's there's a lot of meat on this bone i think the script in particular is super strong there's a lot of meat on the dick says pete and bessie i mean Uh, we've had enough dick in batman comics indirect quote but i stand by it (laughs) (laughs) they minced words but you know um yeah i mean you mentioned it's a character study of rob and i feel like dick grayson does not get a lot of attention when it comes to his robin years we're also focused on Nightwing and other characters who have been Robin since then, which is fair. He's grown up to have this, you know, amazing identity all his own. It's cool to go back and see a story from this time, a time that's not really that well explored um, or they don't tread this ground too often anymore. A time where it's still a younger Batman, but he just now got dick this is his first robin wow he got dick i <laughs> sorry guys i'm 12 i'm not gonna uh, lie the the way that you said that too i also thought it said he just got his first throbbing and i was like okay oh he must be God. doing this on purpose it's <laughs> a real it's a real <laughs> coming of age story it's a story you know what no, um i i like so much of what jeff lemire does here getting to see the world through robin's eyes a, a, a boy wonder who we always think of as having been such a bright spot in Bruce's life. Well, here's a time where that wasn't necessarily the case. Here's a time when he didn't have a bright spot for himself. You know, this mm. is his parents just died, right? This is like a, this is, we don't see this, this dick very often. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my best. Uh, so that's really cool. It's it's really cool to get to see this. Yeah. And, and I liked, um, I like the ways in which it felt like mundane sometimes. Like yeah. there's a lot of moments between um, Bruce and Dick where like it feels very much like a, just a like a sitcom kind of like 
you know, father son dynamic, like the thing where he's like get in the damn car and then there's like that page of just them just angrily driving together you know he tries to talk and he's just like shut up yeah <laughs> on the on the art front um sean if you could pull it up it's page 10 where we first see batman and he comes in and he's like i told you to abort the mission sure yeah um this is that incredible incredible depiction of batman is amazing like right next to the car he's coming out like the the tails of his cape are all flying around yeah yep that that was tremendous that's you talk about best of the year for me that's one of the best panels of the year yeah yep it, it makes batman look like a like a, a a ghost or a figure more than a an actual flesh and blood man which is what you always try to do with batman you know when you want that cool shot they mm-hmm. got it right there yeah, I like I like books that let Batman have a little bit of mystique, you know. Yep. Because like I feel like sometimes like when you get into like uh, the Justice League cosmic realm and everything, like he feels so normal, you know. <laughs> have you ever read Joker? Um, the... by Brian Azzarello. No, I don't no, have it. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's amazing. Oh, really? Uh, it, it, yeah, it does a similar thing with Batman where the story is about the Joker and like what it means that he exists, how that affects Gotham. And Batman's not really ever there, but you feel him all the time. And you oh. know that the fate of the Joker is to be stopped by Batman. So when Batman finally comes, I don't even think there's a line of dialogue for him. It's He's just like this monstrous presence that, that you know, that know is like yeah it, it's so cool it's obviously this is different from that but if you like that kind of uh showcase for batman that's a great one um I thought, the other go ahead sorry no good uh, well i was gonna say the other character who really stands out here and it's amazing you know you talk about someone who's really paying attention for jeff lemire to think of adding killer croc to the story yeah. and doing uh, some cool stuff with Waylon jones a character that is so one note, you know, he's always portrayed as just this heavy, you know, this, this monster who's just always someone's, you know, side piece in the story. Look at Catwoman, Lonely City, right? Um, here, we find the, the ways in which he and uh, Dick Grayson are similar, you know, Dick was, was having the time of his life as a part of this circus. And, you know, the, that, that forward facing aspect of the circus, that's so fun. And then Waylon Jones is like remembering his experience and, you know, it wasn't so good. Um, I really like that connection, that connective tissue. Yeah, that's like a smart way to connect those characters, you know, like I never really thought of. Yeah, I wonder if that was like actually how it, like the history of the character. Because I this is the first time I've ever heard of his um, origin being coming out of like a circus and freak show situation. I've never heard it. But I think just even thinking about the character, like, well, what was his childhood like? Like, just at, just putting yourself in those thoughts, you know, which is more than maybe a lot of other writers have done for for Waylon Jones. Just taking that moment to have that thought is how you get this kind of cool shit, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which is, I think, kind of in a similar vein, is I really, I think that script-wise, this this 
presented a version of Bruce that I really, really appreciated. Um, I mean, he, he's a fucking asshole. Uh, yes. But I feel like Jeff really tapped into like a good portrayal of Bruce because I feel like it's so easy to uh, like overwrite Batman, right? Where it's like you can either make him like too powerful, too perfect, too you know, he just does the right thing all the fucking time and, you know, he's got that Mary Sue energy. And, or you can do the opposite and be like, Batman's a piece of shit, he's a monster, he's a fascist, he's insane, right? And it's like, those are like the two modes that I feel like you often get. And I feel like Jeff does a good job of presenting this younger, more vulnerable version of Bruce where, like, he is, like being a hard-headed asshole. He's being rude to, you know, Alfred in a way that, like, I feel like we don't often see, you know? Right. Um, that was something that was, like, surprising to me, you know, the way he kind of just blows him off. Um, but then, like, the the way that he responds to uh, Dick feeling betrayed that he, like, read his journal and kind of violated his trust in that way you know and he's like upset that he he's like you know he thought he was doing this nice thing he thought he was giving him this gift that he would really appreciate and that it would be a moment for them to bond and he realizes how totally off base he is and how fucking selfish and you know like um just how he's not meeting this kid where he is right like he's trying to to turn him into something or use him in a way that is like not fair to him you know um and like yeah that's just like a good moment you know it's it's so well crafted and like you feel you feel how much uh his energy shifts in those three panels mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah absolutely i was a little bit chafed by how um like angry Batman seems to be, but then I tried to put myself in the mindset of like post year one, like pre like forget Robin's there almost like how was, what was he like? And right now, boom, now he has Robin, you know, we always, whenever we see Batman and Robin from that era, we always think of, you know, a a happier Bruce, but he's not there yet. And so once that kind of, right. Yes. Once that clicked for me, then I was able to accept, this version and yeah you're right I, th- I think it's an amazing uh decision on jeff's part to portray batman like this while he has robin because it's on un- really unexplored territory um and it's just just a great story like what a oh man like what if a phenomenal week i know no, we didn't make a single negative comment about any of these books i don't have one like neither <laughs> one script oh, oh well uh, go ahead marco ruin the streak <laughs> Uh, that there wasn't a fourth amazing comic this week to try to review. All right, okay. Fair enough. Well, we should have reviewed <laughs> Static 4 then. Yeah, right? <laughs> there probably was. Let's right. oh, <laughs> not push it. Uh, wow. Fun fact, I could not get Static uh, number four this week because it was sold out. Wow. Love to see that. Yep. If you want, you can just sign into to uh, DC Infinite app and it's right yeah, there. Yeah, great. Um, then I will have that sweet cover the cover b that everyone's obsessed with that i will never have now um yeah pull this too pull them all yeah i think pull all yeah. three of these books and I'll, I'll say uh thing was my pick of the week but it was it was a tight competition against this book 
because yep. I also mm-hmm. really was like, pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this book. Frankly, you know, you guys kind of sold me uh, on thing. Like I introduced it and you guys were like, yep, book of the week. And I was like, damn, yeah, you know what? This is the fucking book of <laughs> the book week. This book fucking slaps. <laughs> this is the book like, of the week. Like, you, like, like, you were like unsure, then you got talked into, you're like, you know what? Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> ex- exactly, Marco. Um, so yeah, great stuff from both uh, from both Marvel and DC this week. This is just the tip of the iceberg for all the awesome books that came out this week. Um, so, but normally we would go and tell you guys what we're looking forward to next week that's dropping. Uh, what I the resource I typically use is Midtown Comics, and they're not updating for next week until tomorrow because Whoa. of the the supply chain wow, stuff it's that fucking bad yeah Good god yeah. so i'm not even sure what books are coming out next week um I, I i don't even know how to how to do that segment because it's it, we're in such a weird spot with all this stuff i love that uh i cannot tell you what books will be reading next week because we do not know what books exist <laughs> will be out <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it we could it could be anything next week you know on the main show we talked about delays uh to a lot of the books that are that are on the horizon so this is just par for the course at this point i guess well if we were and supposedly according to comiXology primordial number three comes out and i'd be very excited about that oh that's beautiful wait does it didn't did we just read number two I feel like we just read number two. Yes. Supposedly Is that book early somehow? What's happening? It says it's on the docket. I don't know. Everything's all over the place. I might have found a listing of books, although keep in mind, it's entirely possible that uh, this list will change and that whatever I'm saying here will not be true. Uh, but if you want to look for yourselves, previewsworld.com does have uh, a list so you can you can go there to see um, what new books are coming out I gotta tell you this upcoming week isn't lighting me on fire uh, we go oh, yeah. oh spoke too soon I see X-Men number 5 oh yeah alright there yeah. we go I haven't gotten there yet yeah so X-Men's been been great um, unfortunately we did lose Pepe Larraz on the creative team that sucks but with Jonathan Hickman on his way out, this is the book. You know, this is this is where we have to go to see what's unfolding with some of those, you know, spinning plates that are up in the air for this team. So uh, I'm still into it. Am I crazy? I went to their website and it says no books for next week. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I guess this- my pick is also X-Men. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that list I just referenced is as of three days ago so maybe since then things have changed <laughs> they're like ah we don't know yeah damn that's so interesting. it's not on uh comicsology actually there you go and by the way uh we'll, we'll certainly talk about this on the main show this week but uh as of my knowledge today diamond is uh, is under siege they are being held hostage by a ransomware group what? so yeah 
No so way. I don't even know <laughs> what's going to happen with that. Oh my like, God. <laughs> the comics industry is on fire, people. You got terrorism. You got uh, <laughs> uh, supply chains, no paper. I saw that bags and boards are now selling for more than ever before. You're better <laughs> off buying them as collectibles and opening them now. This is insane. You want, <laughs> you want some bags and boards? $5 a piece. <laughs> It's <laughs> crazy. I'm about to just go get all my bags and start going hanging outside comic book stores in a trench coat. <laughs> yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just pull up. He's like, I, I, got, I got some in the van. Like, yeah. you know, we can, yeah, we can come on. Come out. to the truck of my car. I got bags, yeah. boards, and log boxes <laughs> for you. There you go. That is that. It's a money making possibility now. <laughs> I actually have unopened bag and board uh, situations that I can sell right now. So if you're trying to spend some money, uh, holler at your boy. I will (laughs) gladly sell those to you. Yes, for a markup. Times are tough. Thank you so much for listening to our reviews this week. Let us know what you're looking forward to next week. If you can figure out what's coming out and what you thought of the books that came out this week. Listen to our main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday. Listen to our image reviews, which drop every single Wednesday, youtube.com slash the comics pals. Subscribe to our channel for free. We're on the road to 500 subscribers, so it would mean a lot if you would hit that subscribe button. Uh, it helps us out a ton, and it costs you nothing to do. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next week, for Pete and Marco, I am Sean saying take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>